Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. Hey, good morning, good morning, and welcome. Happy Father's Day uh, to all the dads out there. Welcome to Lighthouse Community. My name is Fritz Below. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I tried to find some good dad jokes to start off, but uh, I figure it's probably better off. Let's just stay focused. Um, but uh, I do want to welcome everybody here today, especially all of our guests. I want to welcome those who are joining at Lighthouse Online, Bluffton Community, Fostoria Community. Uh, we're so glad you're with us today. And I wanted to let you know, if you are at Lighthouse Online, I know there's a lot of people who are watching uh, all over Ohio and other regions too, but I would encourage you, if you're in driving distance, you got to come and worship with us in the house. It's just a whole different experience, and so I hope you'll come and join us one day here really soon. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. When was the last time that you remember being scared Okay. When was the last time you were scared? Like, like somebody was hiding behind a corner, and then you came around, and you're like, ah, you know, like, a, like. And, and here's what. Here's the real question: What do you do when you get scared? Right? Do you do you scream? Do you throw punches? Uh, do you faint like one of those goats? Uh, like, what what do you do when you get scared? Uh, well, I want you to take a quick look at this and see how other people react when they get scared. I think my favorite are the people who take off their flip-flops and, uh, and throw them. Some of you know what I'm talking about. That's the power of the chunkla, right? Uh, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yep, right there, right there. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you fear the chunkla in my house. Uh, anyways, <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody responds differently to fear. But, you know, fear is like this God-given response to these dangerous situations, right? Because what actually fear is meant to do is to help us with survival because our brains perceive a threat and then our body kick into action. And so you've got things like cortisol and adrenaline starts, you know, pumping through your veins and your, pup- your pupils uh, begin to change, right? So, uh, you know, you're taking in more light or you're getting more focused. Um, your blood pressure and your heart rate increases. In fact, blood starts increasing to your limbs uh, away from your heart, getting you ready to either throw punches or run away or lay down and, and dead. Uh, but, you know, um, and so there's all kinds of responses to different fear. But what, here's my question, is what happens 
when fear becomes so overwhelming, it actually begins to swallow your life, right? What, what happens when fear actually starts to distract you from following Jesus? And so that fear it's no longer helpful, but it's actually now crossed into being hurtful. And, and if you've read even just a little bit of the Bible, it's probably uh, likely that you've come across verses that say things like, uh, fear not, uh, don't be afraid, don't fear. And, and when life's good and things are fine, it's, it's a, easy to obey those verses, right? Because uh, there's nothing to be afraid of. But when life comes at you hard, right? Marriages start crashing, businesses fail, kids go sideways, your health become, begins to crumble. It's a lot harder to fear not in those moments. And so usually what ends up happening is we start to justify our fear and we kind of go, well, listen, God, you're not the one going through this right now. I am, okay? I'm going through this. And, and I know that you can overcome anything, but I'm not you, and I know you can see everything from the beginning to the end, but I can't stop being afraid. And so what ends up happening is we live with the fear. And fear ends up holding us back from meaningful relationships. And fear uh, becomes this barrier from taking risks, from living freely, from actually going with Jesus where he invites us to go. And then we live with the guilt knowing that we shouldn't be afraid, but we are, right? And that weighs you down more and more. And so what I'd like to do today in our time together is I'd like to look at three truths about fear from the Bible and then how we can respond to fear so that it doesn't cripple our faith or our lives. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2. We're actually continuing this new series called Revealed, Overcoming the Distractions to Following Jesus. And so we, we've identified about six different distractions that other churches and other disciples uh, early on in following Jesus faced. And then Jesus kind of speaks to them on how to overcome those distractions to following him. And so today we're overcoming the distraction of fear. And I'm going to read uh, Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 8 from the English Standard Version. That's what's on the screen. But you can follow along in the version that you have with you. And this is what it says. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. He says, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. But do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death." Now, the disciples in Smyrna were going through some real challenges, and they were afraid, right? They were feeling this fear. They were afraid of other people and what was going on there. Um, they were afraid of what was getting ready to happen to them. They were just simply afraid. This is something they were wrestling with. And one of the first things Jesus says to them as they're wrestling with this fear that they're going through is he says, I know what you're going through. That's what he says. I know 
what you're going through. That's actually our first truth this morning about fear is that Jesus knows what you're going through. Jesus knows what you're going through. And there's multiple ways that Jesus knows, right? Uh, Basically, he's saying, listen, I know what you're going through because I see you. I see your suffering. I see your poverty. I see the way that other people are slandering you because you're following me. By the way, you know, Jesus speaks about their poverty. I think this is just an important thing to bring out. Historically, for a very, very long time, it was actually the, the poor and the oppressed and the marginalized who were following Jesus and came to him. It was not the powerful it was not the wealthy. Um, it was not those in the places of influence. It's actually very much the opposite. Um, and so early on, uh, followers of, Christ, uh, of Christ were from the poorest classes economically. And they largely were pushed to the edges. And what Jesus is saying is, I see you. I see you. Right? I know what you're going through because I see you. Uh, this is what Jesus said about God in Matthew chapter 6, by the way. Um, he says things like, you know, God sees every and knows every bird. God sees and knows every flower. He sees every blade of grass. Uh, by the way, God takes care of those birds and those wildflowers and the grass. And then he makes this point. Do you realize that you're worth more than birds? Right? That's what Jesus says to his disciples, that if the God who can take care of all of these other things can do that, he will take care of you too. And so Jesus is saying, listen, I see you. I see you. You're not alone. You're loved. Right? I see you. I know what you're going through. But Jesus also knows what they're going through because he has been through what they are going through, what you are going through. So you have to realize Jesus personally faced suffering. He personally faced poverty. He personally faced slander from religious people. He has experienced everything that you are experiencing in your life. And, and what he does in verses 9 through 10 when he's talking about this fear, uh, he kind of pulls back the curtain in those verses, and he says, listen, you're going to face opposition, to following God, to following me. You're going to face opposition, and sometimes that opposition comes from other people, okay? So in their case, it was these fake Jews who were in the synagogue of Satan. But then in verse 10, he says, you know, sometimes opposition also comes from dark spiritual forces. That happens too, that that's a reality. And so he's pulling back the curtain for us that, you, like, listen, you're going to face pushback to following Jesus, but you don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to be afraid of other people. You don't have to be afraid of dark spiritual forces. In fact, if you want to learn a little bit more about what Jesus has to say about those things, I would encourage you to write these two references down. Check out Matthew chapter 4 and see what Jesus does and says about that. And check out Ephesians chapter 6 and see what Jesus has to say about that. Mark, uh, Matthew 4 and Ephesians 6 about pushback and opposition to the gospel. But he's saying, listen, I see you, right? I see you. He's experienced what you experience, but he also, what I love about that, he says, I see you, I've been there, and then he also goes, but I also know who you really are, right? That's kind of what he's doing here. He says, you're suffering, you're poor, but you need to know you're actually rich. 
You need to know that you're actually blessed. You need to know that you're chosen. You need to know that you're adopted. You need to know that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to know that you are the righteous sons and daughters of the Most High King. Do not define yourself by your current situation. Do not define yourself by the temptation you're going through. Don't define yourself by your suffering, by your economic status. What Jesus is saying is, you belong to me. I know your true identity, and it's not wrapped up in what you're going through through right now. It's deeper than that. It's more than that. And so don't lose heart because Jesus knows what you're going through. That's the first truth. And the second truth is this. Because of that, we don't have to live afraid. Okay? We don't have to live afraid. Now we can. It's an option. You can do it, but you don't have to, right? And because living afraid is living in constant suspicion. Okay? You're always suspicious about every moment, every situation that's happened, that's taken place. Right? It usually goes like this. Well, what did she mean by that? What kind of tone was behind that? There's something else, in, right? And you're like all wrapped up, in, and they were just saying, oh, I like your pants. Well, what's that supposed to mean? Right? <laughs> Do they make... I'm oh, oh, sorry. Uh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right, right. Well, and you know, you're constantly going, well, what's going to happen next? Is God really going to show up? How am I going to make it through this thing? How am I going to figure this thing out? And so what happens is suspicion stems from a lack, or yes, from a lack of of trust, right? Suspicion stems from a lack of trust. By the way, suspicion also feeds distrust. It's like this weird little circle that goes on repeat, right? And in verse 10, what Jesus is saying is he's saying, you don't have to live afraid, well, why not? Well, you go back to verse 8 and you begin to see why you and I don't have to live afraid. See, Jesus said, I'm the first and I'm the last. I'm the first and I'm the last. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm the eternal God, right? He's the eternal God who sees and knows all events past, all events present, all events future, right? And he is at work. It also means this, that Jesus is in control all the time. Let me say that again because that's very important. It's very important for some of us who are going through some very challenging stuff right now. Jesus is in control all the time, even now, right? Right now. And so you need to know that if he's allowed a trial into your life, that trial has been set with purpose and with meaning because he's in control all the time. And what Jesus is saying is if you'll trust me all the way, if you'll walk with me, if you'll not give up, you're going to see something amazing. It's going to be better than splitting the Red Sea. It's going to be better than turning water into wine. It's going to be better than multiplying fish sticks and and bread, right? It's going to be way better than that. And he basically says, if you go back to verse eight again, right? I'm the first and the last. He said, if you trust me all the way, all the way, even if you die, I'll take care of you. I will take care of you, right? Because Jesus said, I'm the one who died and came back to life. I conquered death and I'm giving my victory to you. And so you don't have to live afraid because you can trust Jesus, right? He's more powerful than people. He's more powerful than Satan. He's more powerful than any situation you're going through. Jesus is more powerful than death itself. And so you don't have to be afraid if you've put your faith and your trust in Jesus. Here's the third truth. 
that there's blessing for those who choose faithfulness to Jesus. There's blessing for those who choose faithfulness to Jesus. Now, the blessings that Jesus shares in this letter to Smyrna, he says the blessings are a tip, a tip, an expiration date, and a crown, okay? And the tip that Jesus shared with the Smyrnian disciples was this. You're going to be thrown into prison for the gospel. That's your tip, <laughs> right? You're like, well, that is not very encouraging uh, at all. Thank you very much for that little thing. But you know what happens? I don't know about for you, but for me, uh, fear tends to get out of control when I don't know what to expect, is that the same for you? Like, you actually don't know what's going to happen next. And so for me, what I'll do is I play out all, every potential scenario that could happen, right? I'm preparing for about a thousand different things that could be taking place and happening. Well, if this happens, I'll do this, that happens. And I'm laying in bed at night, you know, doing this stuff and looking at the ceiling, doing math, you know, in my head and, and whatnot. And I'm working them all out. But what has happened here? I'm preparing for a thousand scenarios. Jesus gave them one. This is going to happen, okay? And so there's a blessing in that because guess what? You don't have to think about the 999 other options. You actually only have to think about the one. You only have to pray about the one. You only have to prepare for the one. And so there's a blessing in that tip. Then he gives the blessing of an expiration date, okay? He says, listen, you're going to be thrown into prison, and for about 10 days, you're going to face stuff. Okay. Now, some believe that was a literal 10 days. Some believe that that's a figurative, that there is a limit on that, that suffering. And now, but either way, what Jesus is doing, he's saying, listen, Christ followers, your suffering is going to have an expiration date. Your suffering is going to have an expiration date. And so for the Smyrnians, it was prison for, for 10 days. And listen, if you're a Christ follower here in the house today or you're joining us online, the suffering that you are facing will end. Let me say that again, because that's really important. The suffering, the challenges, the trial that you are going through will end. It's either going to end in this life, or it's going to end when you leave this life, if you're in Christ, okay? That's really important to understand. Either way, you are not going to suffer forever. You need to hear that. It's not going to happen. Now, that's the positive spin that Jesus shares there's another side to that. Because if you haven't put your faith in Jesus, you need to hear this. The suffering you face here will be the easiest suffering you ever face in your existence. If you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ yet, the suffering you faced here will be the easiest you ever face in your existence. Because when you leave this world without putting your trust in Jesus, you enter into what the Bible refers to as a second death. And that second death is unending, and it's unlike anything you have ever experienced. Okay? That's another side of that truth. There, there is no shelf life on your suffering. Actually, it continues forever, and it increases. Okay? That's for those who are outside of Christ. But I want to tell you this. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Right? That's the third blessing that Jesus talks about. It's the crown of life. Right? It's the crown. You, because if you'll put your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ, you actually receive the crown of life. It's the symbol. This crown is a symbol of eternal life. It's victory. Right? It's honor. 
It's, it's walking with Jesus hand in hand. And the only way that you receive the crown of life is by making a trade. See, the trade is this. You actually have to take off the crown of your life where you're in charge and you're in control and you put the crown of your life at the feet of Jesus and say, you have authority over my life. You can do anything. You're the leader. You're the forgiver. You're in charge. You're the boss. You're El Presidente. I'm following you anywhere you want to go. You're the leader of my life. You're my savior. And you put your crown at his feet to do whatever he wants with it. And then what he does is he gives you his crown, his crown of life. But you have to make the trade because you can't wear two crowns at the same time. You can only wear one, either the crown of your life or the crown of life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Very critical. It's very, very important. And so you have to know that Jesus knows what you're going through. You don't have to live afraid. And there is a blessing for those who choose faithfulness to Jesus. Now, as a follower of Jesus, then, with that being true, how do I overcome the distraction of fear then? Well, there's a shift that takes place, right? When you're walking in Jesus, you're trusting Jesus, there's a shift that takes place when fear comes. See, fear, usually you and I, we run from it. We're, we get ready to fight it. We, we, we fall and faint at the drop of a hat, whatever it might be, but we get ready for that. But you have to shift your understanding of fear because fear is no longer something to run from. It's not something to fight. It's not something to faint over. Actually, what fear becomes if you're in Christ, fear is an invitation to trust Jesus. Fear becomes an invitation to trust Jesus. And here's what I would encourage you to do. Choose to grow in trusting Jesus when fear pops up. Choose to grow in trusting Jesus when fear pops up. Uh, Augustine of Hippo was a fourth century Christian theologian. He was a leader in the church during that time as well. Uh, He wrote this, that fear is the response of the human heart when it's one thing is threatened. Fear is the response of the human heart when it's one thing is threatened. What he's saying is that when you and I are afraid, this one thing that we care very, very deeply about is now being threatened to be taken away. Right? And so that's where fear comes from. And so you need to understand this, that the Holy Spirit is using fear to identify idols in your life. The Holy Spirit is using fear to identify idols in my life. And so when fear bubbles up, ask yourself, what am I afraid of losing right now? What is it that I'm afraid of losing? What's my one thing? Is it health? Is it beauty? Is it control? Is it influence, wealth, right? Is it comfort? What's the one thing that's being threatened? What are you afraid of losing right now? Just being transparent with this group, um, for me, many times, uh, it's respect. That's one of my one things. I think I have more than one thing, (laughs) but that's one of them. Um, You know, because I was recently, I I had made a mistake and um, and I started feeling afraid and my mind was racing and my body was starting to, you know, react. I could feel my my blood pressure going up. Um, By the way, uh, just a little note, fear tends to impair decision-making 
Um, right? It, it does. And so if I could encourage you as much as possible, resist making major decisions when you're feeling afraid. That's just a really bad idea, right? Like you're afraid, like I need to move to a new town. Don't do that, okay? I mean, you might need to, but don't make that decision in that moment because fear impairs good decision making. But so, so I was feeling the effects, right? My, my blood pressure up, my heart rate's increased, and I could feel the cortisol flowing through my brains, my veins, all of that. Uh, but no, after, after I calmed down, I remember asking myself, why, why was I so afraid there? Right? It was just a mistake. Why was I so afraid? What was I afraid to lose in that moment? And so I kind of started pulling on that thread to find out what was behind that. And I came to see that I believed that if people knew that I had made this mistake, that they would think less of me and I would lose their respect. That's, that's the messaging that was playing inside of my mind. And so I asked that question, well, why is respect so important to you, Fritz? And I started thinking about that. And I started to realize that for the majority of my, my life, kind of being shaped and, and thinking about things, um, I was constantly under shame, Right? like the shame of, of my family, shame of uh, literally where I lived growing up. Um, I was shamed uh, of many of my own personal shortcomings. Um, you know, and so a lot of my, my formation was characterized by shame. And it was in that moment that I realized that the Holy Spirit was actually putting his finger right on an idol of my life, right? The idol of respect, which I think is just the nice way of calling it pride, right? And so he put his finger right on that thing. And so I had a choice in that moment, is I could fear losing respect and do what I could do to protect it and to keep it, or, or I could lay that idol at Jesus' feet and take a step in growing to trust him. You see, that was a moment, that was an invitation from the Holy Spirit to me, right? That fear, like realizing, I don't have to run, I don't have to fight on it. Actually, I can, I can come to Jesus and trust him more and more. So here's my question to you. What is it that you're afraid of losing? What is it that you're afraid of, like when fear bubbles up? What is it? What, and here's maybe a better question. What is it that you think that you can get for yourself that's better than what Jesus has already provided for you? That might be the better question. What is it that you think you can get for yourself that would be better than what Jesus has already provided for you? And so there's a shift that fear is an invitation to take steps in trusting Jesus. And so when you're handed that invitation, right, it typically it doesn't come in an envelope. It typically, you know, it's not a singing a helloogram, anything along those lines. It shows up right in your face. And what do you do with that invitation? Well, I think you choose to trust Jesus. And we tend to fear things. We tend to fear people that we don't know or we don't trust. So really then the key to trusting Jesus is to, is to know him. Right? is to know him more and more. If you're really going to trust Jesus, you've got to know him. And, and we're going to come back to a thing that we talk almost every single week. If you're going to know God more, if you're going to trust God more, the best way to know him is by reading about him in the scriptures, right? reading the Bible, discovering this character. Who is this God? Who is this Jesus? What does he do? What are things that he says? Not what other people say he does. What does he say about himself? Right? 
Like read, and when you read through the Bible, what's amazing is you discover truths uh, out of places like Hebrews 4 that says Jesus has been tempted and tried in every single way that you and I are tempted and tried, and yet he was without sin. You, you come across places like Matthew 6 that God does see and care for the birds and the grass and the wildflowers, and I'm worth more than any of those things. And he takes care of them, so he is going to take care of me, right? You come across places like John chapter 14 that Jesus has gone to go prepare a place for me and for all those who say yes to him so that we can be with him for eternity in joy and in glory, right? All of that begins to come out from just reading the scripture. So I want to encourage you, man, if you're not engaged in the Bible on the regular, let me encourage you to take that step today and make a plan to do that. Uh, another way, though, too, uh, from this scripture that we can choose to trust Jesus is we can even prepare for those things that are getting ready to come. Because you remember the tip that Jesus gave to Smyrna, right? It's really a gift. He gave them the gift of letting them know that they were going to go to prison for the gospel. And that knowledge was a gift, Okay, we already set the tone for that. But let me ask you this. If you knew that soon you were going to go to prison because you were sharing the gospel. Okay, you knew at some point within the next, I don't know, month, you're going to prison for sharing the gospel. What would you do to prepare? You know that in 30 days, you're going to the prison, you're going to prison for sharing the gospel. What are you going to do for the next 30 days to prepare? What would you do? I started thinking about that. I thought, you know what I would do? I'd probably actually start going to the people who I know who are prayers, and I would recruit them and ask them to start praying for me now and, and when I'm in prison, because I'm going to need it, right? I'm going to need that supernatural strength to make it through that. I also thought, I'm probably going to start memorizing scripture, because they're probably not going to give me access to a Bible, and so I'm going to have to put that in, in my mind and be ready uh, for that. And then I also thought this, too. If I'm going to prison for sharing the gospel, you better believe I'm going to make sure I'm guilty, right? Because I ain't doing time for a crime I didn't do, right? So like, I am for sure going to be guilty. So I'm going out and I'm sharing the gospel of Jesus with absolutely every single person I can come in contact with. So they have all kinds of evidence against me when they put me in prison and make sure I'm there rightfully, right? And so I was just thinking about that. Listen, you and I, we know about some other things that are going to happen in our lives too. Hey, parents, dads, Moms, you know you're going to lose your patience with your kids, all right? It's going to happen. Guarantee it, right? You're, you're going to face relationship problems at some point. You are going to be tempted by sin. You're not even going to make it through the rest of this day without being tempted by sin. You're going to meet people who are moving towards eternity without Jesus. One day you're going to die. These are all things that we know are getting ready to come. Here's my question. How can you trust Jesus now to prepare for those moments that you know are coming later? Some are coming today. Some are coming tomorrow. Some, are, some you don't know when, but they are coming. How can you start preparing now? You see, fear is actually the Holy Spirit inviting you to grow in trusting Jesus. And my invitation is this, choose to grow in trusting Jesus. You can make that choice, right? 
You know, we've got a friend of ours here at Lighthouse Community right now. She's, uh, she's facing a scary, a scary situation. And so uh, we recently got to sit down with uh, Florence to hear a little bit of her story and how she's overcoming the distraction of fear. So I'd like you to take a moment and look at what Florence has to say. I started having some abnormal symptoms. Went and talked to my doctor and like, let's do some more tests. And so then I had to go back in for a second sampling, and uh, that came back as malignant. So, yeah. But God's been with me through it all. I mean, looking back, you can see where any crooked path that was made that was set before me, God came ahead of me and straightened those paths. Life is a gift and we're not promised tomorrow. Um, so I'm scared, uh, blessed at the same time because I have that assurance that God's with me throughout everything. I'm able to be a testimony to His glory it's odd that even though I'm the one who's hurting and I have so many people who want to help me, I'm still able to help others and minister to them uh, and show God's grace. I don't know what tomorrow's going to hold. I'm still excited for what the future holds. And I'm just excited to see, you know, what tomorrow brings. I love that. Even in the midst of it, I'm excited to see what God's going to do, right? That's how you overcome the distraction of fear, right? You just, you focus in on choosing to trust Jesus Christ through it all. You know, um, so I want to invite you for just a moment to consider a couple of steps that you might take this week. And so first, I just want to talk to the Jesus followers in the room and those who are joining online. Um, you know, a lot of us have this fear of talking to other people about our own faith in Jesus Christ and then inviting them uh, into the same thing as well. So here's what we're going to do is actually this Saturday, uh, starting at 10 o'clock, uh, there's a team of people who are gathering right here at Lighthouse Community, and we're going to overcome uh, the fear fear of sharing the gospel with Serving Saturday. And so at Serving Saturday, what there's going to be is there's going to be three projects uh, that you can choose from, uh, and they're kind of like increase in, uh, in steps along the way. The first project could be uh, simply prayer walking with a group of other people through a neighborhood, right? And so uh, you're not talking to anybody, I mean, unless you really want to, you're just talking to the Lord, and you're talking to your team, and that's really about it. That's one project. The second project is actually a servant evangelism project. So there's a team that's going into a park, and what they're going to do is they're going to be armed uh, with freeze pops and cold drinks, and they're going to give them out to uh, park goers who might be warm and thirsty and things like that, and they're simply going to uh, do acts of kindness in the name of Jesus Christ, and that's going to be a way to uh, share the gospel. And then, so that's the second project, so servant evangelism. And then there's a third one, which is called Gospel Conversations. This is literally going up to people and offering to pray for them. And then if the Lord opens up the door to be able to share the gospel with them uh, along the way. And so I would say this, if that kind of thing really scares you, there are different levels that you can engage on that and be a part of taking the gospel out to Hancock County and specifically the city 
of Finley. And so I would encourage you, take that next step, join a team, one of those three projects. Uh, it's this Saturday at Lighthouse beginning at 10 o'clock. Uh, if you check that box on your connection card, what we'll do is we'll send you additional information and then you can know what to expect. And you just show up Saturday morning and choose which project that you want to be a part of and overcome that distraction of fear when it comes to sharing the gospel. Now, if you're not a Jesus follower yet, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to encourage you to ask God to help you overcome the fear of giving up leadership and control of your own life. That's typically the primary thing that holds people back from saying yes to Jesus. Because you know, if you do this, you're not in charge of your life anymore. But can I tell you this? It's really good to let Jesus <laughs> be in charge of your life and your eternity. And so I want you to pray about that. And because today might be the day that you say yes to Jesus and you receive the crown of life. And in just a moment, I'm gonna walk you through what that can look like. But listen, you're going to face fear. You're gonna face the threat of losing your heart's one thing. And I wanna tell you this real quick before we close. You are going to blow it. You're gonna to come to a moment and a situation and you're gonna blow it. And you're gonna choose fear and you're gonna choose self and you're gonna decide you're gonna figure this thing out on your own and you're not gonna to choose to trust Jesus instead. But can I tell you this? That's exactly why you need Jesus. That is exactly why you need Jesus. Because you are gonna blow it. You are gonna drop the ball. You are gonna choose fear. And let me tell you this, Jesus Christ is the only one who always chose faithfulness over fear. And so what he does is when you blow it, he stands in the gap for you and you get his faithfulness applied to your life. And let me say this too, even when you do get it right, he stands in the gap and he covers you with his own righteousness and his own faithfulness, right? That's why we need Jesus. And so listen, run to Jesus Confess, repent, trust again and again and again and again because that's what it looks like to walk with Jesus. I wanna invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes and ask the question we ask every Sunday morning, simply this, Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And I just want to briefly talk to those who might not have said yes to Jesus yet. I'm going to make this really, really straightforward because sometimes I think we overcomplicate what it means to come to Jesus. Here's what it is. If, you're, if you've been living life under your own leadership and you're ready to start trusting Jesus, let me tell you how you do that. You decide right now. You make a decision. That's, that's it right? There's no code to punch in. There's no right prayer to pray. It's you make a decision in your head and you ask Jesus to empower you to live that out. And you put your trust in him day after day after day after day. That's what it looks like. And so if that's you, whether you're in the house or you're joining us online, 
and you sense God calling you to do that, just make that decision right now, right wherever you're at. You can do that by faith. Now, one of the things I would love is if you would let us know, right? You can let us know this decision that you're making on your connection card. And all we want to do is we want to pray for you and we want to put some things in your hands to help you take that next step. But if that's what it is, right? You just decide right now by faith that I'm going to trust Jesus and I'm going to keep trusting Jesus no matter what. Now, we want to pray for you. And so in just a moment, what's going to happen is the band's going to come on stage and they're going to lead us in one more song. And during this last song, we're going to have prayer leaders who are going to be available. We'll have one in each corner of the room. Uh, So they're actually going to start heading to those places even right now. And they're going to be available to pray for you about any area of your life, any area at all, right? And let me tell you, you don't have to be embarrassed to want to receive prayer because every single one of us needs prayer. I need prayer. Matt needs prayer. Shay needs prayer. Every single one of us. And so when the band begins to play, we're going to stand in just a moment, not yet, but we're going to stand. And when that happens, I would encourage you to just go to one of the corners and you're going to find uh, a prayer leader. They're going to have one of these uh, lanyards on them and it says, uh, it says prayer team. So that's how they identify themselves. But you can do that. So let me pray for you. And then I want to invite you to do the same as we worship. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.